Today we're talking about setting our minds and the meditations of our hearts on the Lord so that whatever comes, whatever trials, whatever this new year holds, that our lives and our meditations and our thoughts would be glorifying to God. It's part of our worship. It's part of our exaltation of him our thoughts. So let's pray and ask God to speak to us today that it wouldn't just be another sermon that kind of rolls on past, but that God would make a way in our hearts that today uh, the reflections of our thoughts and our words would be honoring to him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much for your word and how it speaks. Thank you so much for your Holy Spirit and how you are constantly working in us and through us to shape us, to transform us. God, we ask that today you would speak, just as you always are speaking to your people, that we would be changed. We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our King. How'd you do? Wait, wait, you remember with what, right? Your words. Remember we talked about last week, we were online together. Well, last week we were talking about a New Year's prayer. Do you remember our scripture, Psalm 1914? May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I told you that it's sort of like a New Year's challenge for me. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, my thoughts, and the things that I'm contemplating in my heart, be pleasing in your sight. We looked a lot at words last time. H- how'd you do? I'll be honest, I'm giving myself about a D minus. I, 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 the more I'm aware of these things, as I'm praying each day, Lord, I, How were my words? Were they always kind? Were they always understanding? Vicky's thinking, no. (laughs) Oh, cheat. It's hard when your spouse goes, she's right, she knows, you know, she knows. Uh, Were they they hopeful? Did they express this, this trust in the Lord? Were my things that I said to everybody I was dealing with, whether it was somebody at a store, whether it was someone on the telephone, whether it was a neighbor, or even the people that knocked on the door that wanted to get me to change my gas company, were the words of my mouth glorifying to you, Lord? Well, what's interesting is this passage does not stop with words. But today we're going to think about the meditations of our hearts. What we think about, what we're contemplating. And as I was preparing and thinking about this sermon, I'll tell you, it just became obvious that my thoughts most of the time, most of the day, are not, Lord, is this glorifying to you? And so as I'm thinking through this passage, I I think we have some tips. We just have to take a moment to look and think about your thoughts over the last week. Where were they? What were you thinking about most of the time? Obviously, we have pandemic stuff. It's in the news. Is it becoming endemic? Is it becoming, oh my goodness, Um, we're all talking about which masks we're supposed to use and what's the new level of masks we should take. What are the new school reopening policies and parents are going crazy trying to figure out, are, are we in school today, out of school today? What about our families? 
Some of us have been really struggling when we know some of our family members, whether they're children or whether they're parents or brothers or sisters or people that are close to us, are facing significant challenges, either that are just have come because of life circumstances or have come because of some of their own choices. I was with family again, and just there were things of joy and things that just made me sorrowful again. Some of us are thinking about the stock market or business or how things are going. I don't know if you all watch your 403, 401k plans or anything. I've decided that I just don't watch. It's easier. (laughs) It's a statement of faith, I guess. Maybe I'm being unwise, but I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. What consumes your thoughts? What consumes your thinking? The prayer in Psalm 19 is this. May these words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, the meditations of my heart, what I'm thinking about day after day, moment by moment, the meditations of my heart, are they on Christ, on where he is seated? Are they on the gospel mission and what God wants to do? Are they full of expressions of faith? Or, here's mine, I'm just going to confess it, are they worry? Do you worry a lot? I think this whole creation, if in, in my view, seems to be a bunch of things to worry about. Whether it's pandemics, whether it's climate change, whether it's how business is going to work, whether it's, it just seems like there's a million things to worry about. And as the semester begins for me, I'm worried about, well, how is this class going to go? And how am I going to fit these things together? I mean, how am I going to be able to spend all the time and get the list done? There's things to be worried about. There are health concerns. And those are just impossible for me to fix. I don't know what to do. I can't handle them. They seem beyond me. What are you worrying about? Anybody worried about church? I'll tell you, I really appreciate you all. And the end of the year, we ended with, yay, uh, Pastor Mike, we have a lot of confidence in you. And now I'm like, oh, no. How are we going to make this work? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to a class next week on how to make it work. Is that going to solve it? Probably not. I'm old enough to know I can't just fix it, right? Um, I worry and find myself worrying a lot. Well, here's some tips that I'm working on in my life. As I was thinking about this, I think there are three things that would really help us in our thinking. Try to retrain our minds so they think about what God has called us to be. Number four, The first one I want you to think about is this. We need to train our minds. We need to work on our thoughts to meditate on what Jesus has told us. To meditate on what Jesus has told us. Speaking specifically about worry, look at what Jesus told us. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more important than food? Is the body not more important than clothes? Now, I I, I do think we often spend way too much time trying to figure out about where we're going to eat. Does anybody do that? Hey, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? One time on the internet, I, I found a restaurant that was t- titled, I don't know. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to eat for lunch? I don't know. Okay, well, we know where we're going. We're going to the I don't know restaurant. I mean, what an ingenious name. I mean, they come up with it. But sometimes we do worry about where we're going to eat. What clothes are we going to wear? I spend way too much time. Well, 
did I wear this last week? What, what am I supposed to wear? I, one of the things I love about college is that it's every other day, so I only have to choose an outfit every other day. It's great because it's like, I'm going to do that Monday and Tuesday, and this is going to be Wednesday, Thursday. Okay, it, it just takes out some of the stress. I've heard that these super genius people, the people that are like, like have mega corporations, they don't even pick their clothes. Some of them wear the same exact outfit. They have like 20 of the same t-shirt, and they wear the same shirt every day in the same, you know, pants. That way they don't waste any time deciding about what to eat or what to drink. This may be my new outfit for the year. I'm just going to let you know. I, I don't know if I have any more place to make up decisions. Okay, Jesus is not really completely talking in our modern world about what we eat or what we wear. He's talking about every aspect of life. He's talking about all of the things about career and about family choices and about where are we going to live and about what's going to happen tomorrow and how am I, am I going to have enough money to retire or what are my kids? I'm worried about their choices and what are they going to do? He's talking, and for me it's kind of worrying about even my parents sometimes and what about the choices they're going to make and how do I help them flourish in this season of their life? And how do I be a good and faithful son to them? There's a lot of things I could worry about. And it's a commandment. You see it right there. It's in yellow. Do not worry. Now we know the commandments, right? Remember Jesus and the rich young ruler? And he said, well, you know the commandments. And the kid's like, yeah, do not murder, do not steal, do not commit adultery. I, I, I got, okay, I'm not murdering, not stealing, not committing adultery. Okay, I'm doing good. This is a commandment as well. Do not worry. And I'm thinking, what else am I going to do with my thoughts? I mean, that's pretty much what takes up all my time is worry. We've got to retrain our minds. Look at what Jesus told us. Do not worry. And he goes on in that passage in Matthew chapter 6 to talk about, well, consider the birds. Consider the, the, the lilies of the field. The lilies, not even Solomon's arrayed like those. And the birds of the field. I mean, God takes care of them. It was 10 degrees this morning. Anybody think about where the birds are? I didn't really think too much about it, but somehow there's going to be birds out there next week. God has arranged for them, whether it's migratory habits, whether it's shelter in place, they know instinctively what to do, and God cares for the birds, and more than that, he cares for you. This spring, we were walking by this oak tree and all of the, uh, over there by the school that's by Vicky and I's house, and we were walking through, and it's got acorns. I mean, just, I mean, just fields of these things. And all of a sudden, I'm like, blue jays love those things, apparently. There were like blue jays everywhere. And I thought, who knew? Well, somebody knew, I'm sure. But I didn't know. But apparently, blue jays love acorns. God has it worked out. He cares for the birds. He cares for you. I don't know how your retirement is going to work out. I'm not a financial advisor. And honestly, I'm not sure they know either. But God knows. 
I don't know how God is going to bring that family member back to him and make that transformation in their life. I know that he's called you to be faithful, to you to be faithful in prayer, for you to be patient, for you to be that ambassador, and for you to be that witness in their life as your mind and your hearts are not about worry, but about the Lord and about trust in him. You are modeling for that parent, for that child, for that brother or sister. How has worry consumed your life when God has commanded, do not worry? What's going to happen with Valley Baptist Church? I don't know. God has given us some encouraging things. Did you see that in the newsletter this week? I hope you read that because we put little things that will encourage you. The expectation was after several years of decline financially that we would not be in a good spot. But we were actually $19,000 over in giving what you all had pledged to give and had given. You all gave over and above. Thank you for your generosity and faithfulness to the Lord. And you met the Lottie Moon mission offering. Our missionaries will be fully supported this next year because of your faithfulness and your gifts and your offering. Was that expected? Did we have it worked out? Did we have a giving campaign? Did we have some way that we figured it out? No, it was the Lord working in your hearts as, your, as his people to finish his work both in you and through you in the world. God is faithful. God will work it out. Do not worry. So what is it that you worry about? Some of you worry about purchases. Some of you probably don't. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, something to buy, and you buy it. Some of you are like, something to buy? No way, I'm not fooled. (laughs) Put that money away. We have different personalities. I tend to agonize over purchases. I can remember we were, my wife and I had gone to visit my parents who were in Hawaii at the time, and so we were staying with them and and, uh, getting to go. And I didn't have any good flip-flops. And if you're going to be in Hawaii, you need a pair of flip-flops, right? You need the beach. You don't want the sand in the tennis shoes. So I, need, so I said, oh, let's stop by a store and get the flip-flops. But they have a lot of flip-flop choices. And a lot of them are these designer flip-flops. And I mean, they, I mean, they ran pretty expensive. And I don't want to spend this much money. I don't, but, and am I really going to like them? And are they going to be comfortable? And Vicky gets so mad at me, she's like, we're in Hawaii, and you're spending like a half hour in the flip-flop shore trying to figure out which flip-flops. We're supposed to be at the beach. We're supposed to be hiking. We're supposed to be enjoying the sunset. We're supposed to be, and you're worried about flip-flops. Just buy that one, and let's go. Sometimes I wonder if we're spending our whole life like that. Here God has called us to walk in a relationship with the living God, with the almighty creator, with the one who has loved you with a relentless love, the one who says, I've got plans for you not to harm you, but give you a hope and a future, one that wants every good and perfect gift that comes from the Father. Oh, there's gonna be hardships, there's gonna be persecutions, there's gonna be trouble, but take heart, Jesus has overcome the world. This God has called us to be with him and to live with him and walk with him and know and love his people and enjoy each other and be in a a, a relationship together. And here instead, we are stuck worrying about how is this gonna work out? How is this gonna happen? I don't know. I can't make all the right decisions. Okay, this is just sounding like me right now. My my wife's thinking, yep, that's you. (laughs) My New Year's prayer, Lord, may the words of my mouth, but the 
meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. You see, don't miss that second part, my rock and my redeemer. Because not only do we meditate on what Jesus told us, but we need to meditate on where Jesus is right now. Because Jesus is our rock and our redeemer, our ever-present help. We meditate on where Jesus is right now. And that's the second point today. Meditate on where Jesus is right now. Listen to what it says in Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts, the meditations of my hearts, on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We as believers in Jesus Christ need to be those who worship him, focus on him, speak to him, meditate on him. Remember that Jesus is the exalted risen Savior who sits at the right hand of God interceding for us that he is the one who is always there in that place. He is the exalted Savior. He is doing something right now as our Savior, as our high priest. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 7. Verse 24, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who have come to God through him because he always lives. He always lives to intercede for them. Jesus, at the right hand of the Father, is our great high priest, not only making intercession when it comes to our sin, but also the one who is praying for us, asking on our behalf. The Scripture teaches that the Spirit groans uh, with words that we can't even express, groans and intercedes for us. God knows what we need before we even ask it, and Jesus is asking on our behalf, and the Holy Spirit is interceding on our behalf for our needs as his people. This week, there, there was a day, it's kind of, it was a rough day, it wasn't a great day. My thoughts probably weren't in, the right, weren't in the right place. Pastor Chad sent me an email. I haven't really spoken to Chad since this whole process has started. We've been friends, we've been friends a long time. Pastor Chad sent me an email. He said, you know, I, I woke up and you just, I had a dream and you were just on my heart and I was praying for you today. I just wanted you to know. If the Lord can move Pastor Chad in Zambia to pray for Valley Baptist Church and to pray for me, is he not aware of your situation? Is he not interceding for you? Is he not the God of the universe bringing all things together? I am so thankful for that little bit of encouragement because I was encouraged today. I was encouraged that day. Not because of Chad, but because of the knowledge that the, well, because of Chad, but because of the knowledge of how God is working in his people to finish his task. Don't neglect praying for one another when the Lord nudges you, when someone is called to your mind. Just stop right there. It doesn't have to be a fall to your knees. It doesn't have to be anything big. But would you continue to lift up in prayer? to the God of glory, remembering that Christ is seated at the right hand of Father, would you pray? Today we're going to invite you to pray, actually. Um, today, after service, instead of our regular Bible study hour, we're going to have a quick, it doesn't have to be long, it's not intended to be long, prayer walk through the building. That God would again do things, not necessarily about the building, 
but about the ministries that the places represent. We have a little prayer guide. We're going to meet in the gym. We're going to invite you to join us. And there's seven little things to pray for. And even if you can't stay, would you pick up a prayer guide? Come to the gym, pick up a prayer guide so that you could have seven days this week and next week and maybe the next to just pray for the ministries of Valley Baptist Church, interceding and asking that the Lord who can actually do something about the situations that God would move, that he would answer our prayers. You see, in Psalm 121, the psalmist had an idea of what we're supposed to do when he says, look, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who is the maker of heaven and earth. He can answer every problem. He can solve every crisis. He can meet every need because he is the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And don't miss this promise. He will not let your foot slip. He, <clears throat> he who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. God is not impatient. God is watching out. God is working. God is always at work, Jesus said. My Father is always at work, and I too am working. Are you trusting the Lord? Are the meditations of your heart on who He is and His place in the universe? He is God. Jesus is our Messiah King. All provision is in His hands. Let me give you one third thing that I think that as we're meditating this week, as we're thinking about our own thoughts, I think we don't just look up, but I think we do meditate inwardly. I think we need to meditate, and this is point three, meditate on who Jesus has called you to be. Meditate on who Jesus has called you to be. So look at this third point. Um, it's there in Philippians chapter 4. We see this idea from the Apostle Paul. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Put it into practice. All of those teachings, put them into practice. When it says, do not worry, I find myself worrying. I guess, no, I need to remember, Lord, I'm going to lift this up in prayer. i got to go to you. Put it into practice. Put it into practice. You see, it's not enough that we kind of like just let the words of our mouth be pleasing to God because our hearts can be so deceptive. Our hearts can be in such a wrong place. Did any of you learn this verse? It's from the King James, the way it said is, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There was an old song, and I used to always like singing it. As man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. Um, that actually comes from Proverbs 23, verse 7. And in context there, it's a different kind of thing, actually. It's talking about, hey, if there's somebody who's kind of a stingy person, and they've invited you over for dinner, and you're like, whoa, look at all this food, and you're eating it, and it's like, be careful, like, you know, <laughs> keep yourself, like, from not eating too much, because even though they're saying, eat up, eat up, they're really thinking, oh, my goodness, they're going to eat me out of house and home. This person can really put it away. Um, and it, it says in the context that the man's thoughts aren't really with you, because, and that's where that verse comes from, as a man thinketh in his heart, so shall he be. It's sort of like, that's who he really is. It, it's that duplicitous kind of thing, this, this, hey, Sure, you can, you can borrow my lawnmower, 
it did use some gas, and did, did you going to pay for that? Because it probably was 15 cents worth of you know gas. I mean, you know, if that person's really not that generous, because the the inside is true. Jesus, of course, makes this point. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus is, uh, in, cha- in chapter 5 actually, on the Sermon of the Mount, when Jesus is speaking about morality, you, you remember the, some of these passages where he says, hey, um, you've heard it say do not murder, but I say if you're even angry with your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Or you've heard it say don't commit adultery, but if you're looking at a woman or at someone else lustfully, you've already committed adultery in your heart. It's our hearts that matter. These meditations of our hearts matter. We need to be thinking about Jesus. Who have you called me to be? What kind of parent do I want to be? What kind of coworker do I want to be? What kind of servant of Jesus do I want to be? We need to be thinking about what kind of person do you want to be? Whether that's a servant, leader in our church, as you'll see here, what kind of person are you supposed to be? A servant, a leader, a friend, a companion, a disciple, family member. What kind of person is God calling you to be? If I want to be that man who knows God's word, that I'm able to teach and preach and share, but I know it, but I'm not reading it, you're not going to know it. If I want to be that person who people, he was faithful in all of his tasks. He was faithful to the Lord. Then I need to be faithful to the Lord. We need to think about who God has called us to be. Do I want to be the person that reacts so strongly and so angrily? Or do I want to be the person that says, Let me take a moment. Let me pray. Let me contemplate. Who am I going to be? What kind of person are you going to be? Well, this week it's going to definitely be on worry. Philippians chapter 4, the same passage, says it this way. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, the meditations of your hearts, and your minds in Christ Jesus. If I'm going to be a person who's not anxious, then in every situation, through prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, let me lay these requests to God. Today, would you join us in that prayer walk? Today, would you join us in just beginning a time of prayer and a season of prayer for our church? Would you begin a season of prayer for your own life? That instead of worry, instead of worrying about whether it's flip-flops or whether it's something large in a family member's life, that you would pray, Lord, have your way. Lord, bring your provision. Lord, be glorified. So that you might be the person whose meditations and words Bring glory and honor to Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, look at verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, if whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. And the God of peace will be with us as we put these things into practice and think about such things. I think I learned this term in in computer science class, I think, when I was even in high school. Uh, But it was called GIGO. 
You might know that word term. This just stands for garbage in, garbage out. If you add wrong data into your program, into, into a really well done algorithm, if it's bad data, you're going to get bad results. Or if in programming you pro, your program is wrong, it's going to come out with, with a wrong answer, right? Um, it, it, you just have to, if, if it's garbage going in, garbage is coming out. For us, I wonder if that's true too. Okay, I don't even wonder. What are you filling your minds with? The truth of God's word? A practice of his presence through prayer? A trust in him? Or are we filling our minds with everything else in the world? So in 2022, let's let this be our prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's meditate on these things. Number one, what Jesus has taught us and where Jesus is and who Jesus has called us to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for these truths that remind us Uh, These truths that remind us about you and about your goodness and about your provision and about your faithfulness in our lives. God, thank you. God, thank you for the plans you have for us and for what is to come. Thank you for how you have got all all in your hands. God, thank you for the character you've called us and, and the transformation you're bringing in our lives because you don't want to leave us like we are, but you want to bring about the new things. God, we pray for those families that are hurting, for those that are in need, for those who are facing obstacles that they can't fix. We pray that your peace would be there. Thank you that you have given us eternal life in Jesus Christ, your son. We pray these things in his name and for his glory. Amen. Some of you, you have a relationship with Jesus. And you've heard this call to live it out. But for some of us, maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. You've never entered into this family. If that's you, whether you're online or here today, it's a simple invitation. It's this invitation of God to come and to be part of his family, to experience his presence so that Jesus would be your Savior. He died on the cross for you. He rose again. Would you put your faith in Jesus? Jesus.